Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Inspiring Brains Podcast with Nick Thielen. This is episode five. I'm excited for you guys to hear this one. Uh, it's been a good week so far. Uh, did uh, Funny Fest this uh, past couple of days in Calgary. Did uh, five shows in three days, so a little bit tiring, but totally worthwhile. Uh, recovering from a bit of a stomach flu, but I'm excited. I'm going to be doing uh, uh, this Sunday at Heritage Lanes in Red Deer uh, with the uh, newest winner of the Funniest Comic with a Day Job competition, uh, Adam Blank. That'll be June 9th at Heritage Lanes. Uh, Usually, I believe those shows started around 7 p.m. So if you're in Red Deer, check that out. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to hear this week's guest. Just wanted to give a shout out to to my uh, friend uh, Ryan Neemiller, who I watched absolutely uh, destroy last night on America's Got Talent. Uh, Ryan is a guy that I've been uh, lucky enough to have some uh, chats with over Facebook. Very friendly guy. And I always like to talk to, uh, you know, pros and just hear their perspective on the industry and just see what's going on with them, Um, try and get advice and things like that. And Ryan's been a great guy, Um, very supportive. So hoping he does really well on AGT this year. Uh, And also saw Cody Lee uh, the past week, uh, the previous week, sorry, he was, uh, he's a, musician and a piano player he's super talented as well so i highly recommend that you guys check out uh, america's got talent this year lots of great acts on it um that said uh this week's guest is my good friend christian burton from 94 productions uh along with his production company christian also does production work for the red deer white Red Deer Vipers, and his production company also does production for uh, chuck wagon races, including Kurt Benzmiller, who does the Calgary Stampede, and uh, you know Christian's always going to several uh, chuck wagon events and uh, videotaping and stuff like that. Uh, along with that, he's also a baseball umpire, uh, and he's got uh, some great. Um, He's got a couple of uh, part-time jobs, so we we had some great we had a great chat just about all those stories and how all those things meshed and his love of sports and all of that. So I'm excited for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, here is episode number five of the Inspiring Brains podcast with uh, Christian Burton. Uh, if you guys want to know more about Christian or his production company, just go to Ninety Four Productions on Facebook. And uh, you'll find out what he's got going on this summer. Um, uh, thanks very much for Christian for being on the show. And uh, I look forward to uh, hearing, or <laughs> hearing or listening to you guys all uh, next week. Uh, Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Inspiring Brains podcast. I'm sitting here with my friend Christian Burton. Christian is the... Uh, the founder of uh, 94 Productions uh, and a man of many talents. He's a uh, f- 
five-time Calgary Stampede champion with uh, Kurt Benzmiller. Um, how's it going today, Christian? It's going pretty good. Nick, how's it going with you? Pretty good. Man. I, yeah, like I was saying, I have a bit of a, a, a tough time coming up with a, a an adequate uh, introduction <laughs> for you because you're a man of many talents. Yeah. Um, I originally met Christian through the uh, Central Alberta Film Festival, I think about two years ago. Yeah, so I started uh, with the film festival about two years ago. I got a call from Ranjit, um, who's a founder of the festival in here at Central Alberta, and met Nick through there. And it's funny how about a year later, I noticed him at the college getting near the time for the third annual festival, and just started talking to him and realized the guy has, has a lot of talent. And yeah. We just started getting to know each other and we started becoming friends and it's been a great friendship ever since. Yeah, I mean, the cool thing about you, Christian, is, uh, is man, you were telling me before you got here, you, you apparently have four jobs. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought you had two jobs and we're just working between the two. But along with, uh, along with your own production company, you, uh, you're a baseball umpire uh, you, and you work at a couple of different stores. So uh, Yeah. Um, going with that, yes, I'm a, I'm a level 3 baseball umpire in Alberta in Canada. Level 3? Uh, yeah, so that gets me to do some provincial ball. So, um, I can go into the United States and umpire as well. Very and cool. And with my knife production business, that started back in 2014. Um, the weird thing how that even started was I, I was starting to think of a way to stay involved in the sport. I was getting now 13, 14 years old. And I want to stay involved. The sport means so much to me and so much to my family. Yeah. My, so I figure out well, my grandpa now watches Oasis. And I feel so bad. Because I went up there every day watching with my grandma when I was younger. Why don't you start taping it? So I buy this projector camera. And then my first summer taping, we were originally called nothing. I taped for three drivers, volunteer. It was so much fun. The next year I realized I can make actually money, so I created Knife Productions off that. And is Knife Four actually stands for my favorite hockey player of all times. He was an Antonolo, was Wayne Smith. Oh, uh, there and we go. It's been awesome ever since. Um, like Nick said, I'm a five-time Stampede champion. Four with Mr. Benzwell, one was Mr. Cook Sutherland in 2016. And um, I always bug Mr. Benzwell that I got one more championship than him, but he got <laughs> a lot more money than I do. That's what I mean, my friend. And then the thing is, too, like, you talk about all this stuff you're working on, uh, you know, being a baseball umpire. And then, but, you know, uh, last year when things for uh, for CAF were kind of, we, we kind of got uh, a lot of things for CAF done. And then you were telling me you were also taping for the Red Deer Vipers hockey team, man. So, you know, you you got your hands in many cookie jars, but it's always great. It's good, man. You can learn a lot. Uh, oh, for sure, you but doing that? Uh, uh, with J.D. Morco, he's the Vipers head coach this past year and the past two years I've been involved in the team. He's probably been my biggest support. He sponsors my business and his business is called Delta Winter Sources. The guy's one of the nicest guys in the world and I can't thank him enough for the support he's given to the business, to myself. He's given me kind of like, I do you finish my hockey at age 17 or 18. A lot of people, if they didn't play high up hockey, it's hard to stay connected to the sport. And um, to get the phone call like I did and to do, it was only supposed to be two games. And then I said, no, I want to be involved for the rest of the season. So I took a no payment what? from him for my first year. I never got paid. And 
It was probably the best decision I ever made. It's, now it's been two great years. Hoping next year is number three. And when you're involved with great people, you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. And sometimes um, with you probably grow in your time, is you just got to get your name out there and you got to introduce yourself to people. You never know the connection you're going to meet. Fantastic. So you're, so you're telling me it all kind of started out, you know, a couple years ago when you just bought a camera. Was yeah. there any previous experience or did you just, <laughs> did, you, did you have any courses in uh, high school when you were going? So I started when I was in grade eight. Okay. That's, and I actually made a documentary with a not, not that camera actually. It was like a handheld camera, like an iPhone camera. Yeah. And I made a documentary called Dust. And I didn't think anything of it. The next year, I get involved with Salt TV. Yeah. And we made a we made a short documentary about Cole Benzmiller. So with Cole Benzmiller. Yeah. We made that, and it was so much fun. And we did a show. We legitly filmed him, like it was like a twenty-four-seven HBO style mm -hmm. for four days. That's amazing. I remember him saying at the That's end of the fourth day. Get the hell out of my face. <laughs> and I can't blame him. Like, we were probably getting a little bit annoyed. Yeah. But it's funny how uh, the guy's name's Joe Stevenson. He was a, he was a major hand in this. Yeah. I just had the connection. And literally watching that got me a little bit inspired to maybe become a filmmaker. Yeah. So we taped that. And then I've done a little bit of smaller projects throughout my time. And now I'm working on a thing called Lifetime Penalty. And I can give you guys a little background. We're going to feature some old WHL players um, and ones are from Central Border it's how if you don't treat yourself after a concussion serious things can happen to you and yeah. will happen to you and we're going to tell my story we're going to tell a couple other people's stories and we're hoping it just not end the stigma because there's always going to be a stigma yeah. but maybe just give people the light of holy shit maybe something is wrong like yeah. hockey's such a great game I yes. love. I played the game growing up. My dad was my coach for a lot of my career, and yeah. it was so much fun doing that. Yeah. And but I noticed when I got my first concussion, I had to minor hockey. Yeah. It took a long time for me to recover, and it was so. If it happened to someone like me, what probably happened to WHL guys? What's happened to uh, NHL guys? And my I'm fam sure, man. Like not everybody makes it to the NHL, so you oh, know, for and, sure. like. In, whether it's injuries or you know concussion or things like that you know it's always sad to see if somebody doesn't make it but you know it's uh it, it's it's kind of a, a fact of the game but mm -hmm. you know ho hopefully we can reduce that a little bit oh for sure um, and a long time ago there was a hockey player named Dale Parrington and he played for the Leopard Hurricanes when they made it to the Moria Cup in around 1997-98 around that time period don't know if that's the exact years, don't quote me. <laughs> but um, he went on to play in a about 200 games in the NHL. And he was a pilot. And this guy, you took a punch, you ain't walking the next day. Like, he could punch. Yeah. And, well, there he was a good guy. But he was trying to tell me his story that he had to take s some drugs to see, put him to sleep some yeah. Well, fast forward, fast forward about 20 years after, well, maybe 10 years after his pain career, yeah. he gets arrested. For being up a guy in New York, and he, I, so I call him when he finally got out. Yeah. Say, why did anything go wrong? Like, what happened? And he wish he thought it was his wife cheating on him with a guy from New York, cause he's from the Rangers. Okay. And realized he was wrong. Yeah. And went to jail because of it, but he realized it all started when I came to say his head was gone, his brain was really gone. He can't control himself anymore. He was drinking, he was doing drugs, and that's the oh, problem yeah. with this movie. And 
they had that kind of story from a guy who played at the highest level yeah. as part of the NHL lawsuit against concussions. I don't know if you were familiar with, I think it's Dan Carcillo. Yeah, he's Dan Carcillo. He's, uh, yeah, he, he was big time in the NHL and he was playing really well, like in the, kind of in the middle of his career. I think he probably retired around 25, 26, pretty young, I think. He retired but, when he was about 28 and um, he played on Chicago Blackouts um, 13, 15 Stanley Cup winning teams. And he had an article on the Players Toolbar. And I went and he said, I wish my name was on the cup, what he has to deal through now. If a lot of people don't get with head concussions and that, it's, it's affecting you mentally. And it's not a visible injury. Yeah. It's, in, it's hard to see. But with people I've been in, who what I know is from my side and my story, you're a different person. Yeah. And I've told him, um, I told a couple of my friends who were going through concussions with the Bible this year, treat it. I don't care you're missing playoff game. I don't care you're missing game. You don't realize that. Yeah, you it, got it, a whole it, life ahead of you, right? It's a so. lifetime penalty. You don't treat it right. Yeah. And I almost had one. And you, t- you talk to someone like Dale Pennington, it's, um, he almost had one too, but that one lasted a little bit longer than mine. <laughs> Even for me, man, I, I, I've <coughs> fallen down the stairs before, like, and uh, just not been able to catch my balance or, or put my hands out in time. And if you, uh, yeah basically fell down an entire flight of stairs uh probably about a year and a half almost two years ago but yeah you you know and sometimes i have some falls that i guess that'd probably be my worst one but yeah it's definitely like something like that happens you don't want to be going all i wanted to do right is sleep right away but you can't man because that's dangerous but uh i wanted to ask you man so you you know you're you're busy with a lot of things, but uh, what are, what are some of your like how how did you get started like and, and what, what who are some of the who are some of your inspirations? Um, you won't believe it, but I wasn't really inspired by the film industry. I was just my biggest inspiration in life, and in general, was my grandpa on my dad's side. He's my biggest inspiration. I love this guy to death, and me and him get along so well. And going when I in 2013 when I started taping. It's just so I had a little bit of a better connection with my grandpa. Yeah. Now we're looking at six, well, we're entering our six year as a business, seven year taping. It means so much more now. We get, the people that come out and watch these things, it's about two minute waste club, I show them. Yeah. And you do, get to know the drivers' families, you get to know the kids, you get to know the families, and get to know all the horses. And you listen to drivers explain it. It's really remarkable. And that's what it's really inspired me to become some of a filmmaker. Children racing is such a beautiful sport. <clears throat> we got people in obviously the SPCA that disagree with us and though they have the right to have their own opinion. Mm-hmm. But from what I've seen and I've been around since I was seven years old, the sport is such a beautiful thing. It, we save horses who are headed to me can't become dogs here to race another 16 to 20 years and it's world remarkable. That's amazing, man. Uh, and yeah, like you said, like, not only do you get to uh, spend more time with your grandpa, you also just, you know, you get to spend time doing what you love and hopefully making some money and growing your business. And, you know, there's no limit to what that can become. Oh, gee, uh, this past year, I, I can't say enough. My friends and social media has really been the biggest game changer on getting a name out there. You don't realize how big social media is towards a business to get your name out and honestly the funny thing is 
a piece of a hoodie or t-shirt and everyone wants one and next thing you know they become your biggest sellers <laughs> and then you're part of it and you start freaking out about that yeah. a bit but um, I gotta give it give a huge thanks to a couple of people and um, also one thanks to my grandpa for giving me the inspiration to become a business owner right and one in nine for relaxers second uh, is my two sponsors from last year and yeah. whole, we I cannot release really any details about this year yet but since we're the film festival, mm-hmm. thank you, Ran Jeet and Tanya for believing in me. And JD Moko and Scott Odegaard, the two guys at Delta Wind Resources that really believe in me, that means the most. And then my, th- um, I always say I got three heads. Um, I got head of editing, Nick Thielen, Nick, you're mm-hmm. amazing on the team, thank you very much. Nick actually created this year's poster too, which is absolutely outstanding. Yeah, Way better than I thought <laughs> And I probably I thought he was going to kill me on how many suggestions I had, but he did amazing. Nick Thielen is the head of editing. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Morgan McCann, she's the head of music. Uh, she's from Ballhead and she's just one of the nicest girls. She's got, she can chop you back. She's like a hawk like that, but great person. And yeah. then, um, head of fashion and head of, um, just me at this, they kind of said, um, Hannah Moen and Kayla McMillan. Uh, two great friends that legitly, uh, I met them the day of my 20th birthday and we've been friends ever since. Yeah. Kayla, you, to describe Kayla, it's like describing someone that has the perfect loads, but she treats people well. She understands that not everyone has a good life and she would just want to be your friend. Hey, I'll be your friend. And she's just such a great girl. Hannah, um, a country girl by heart. She lives just outside of Seven Lake and oh, the, that girl's sweetest thing and has the biggest heart too. And you can't say nothing bad about the people. And I learned this from JD is you bring in good people, people are good to you. Next thing you know, your business explodes and holy cow, he was right. So, yeah, you were saying a little bit earlier just about all your uh, social media stuff there. I know you, so you got your hands in multiple things and you were talking about a couple of things you've worked on before. Do you have a certain place where people can go to see some of your portfolio or, uh, you know, places on social media where they can connect with you? Oh, for sure. We, so we have an Instagram page. Um, it's 9 Productions, um, CHB94. That is the one that's connected to me and CHB94. Yeah. All right, awesome. And then we got Facebook, and you just type in Knife for Productions, look for a guy in a cowboy hat, and you find me. Well, and, and it, like, you know, you're, you're talking about, I would say you're still probably, I mean, your business is growing, but you're still you're still young. You're still like your business is growing, and you're still in the early stages. What are some of your goals with Ninety Four Productions and some of the other projects you're working on? Um, the goals for this upcoming truck racing season that I'm part of on the WPCA Tour and the Cali Stampede is I would love to win the media award. Um, there's never been really a photographer, videographer who's ever won it. It's always been a high radio station or CBC or last year was two um, picture takers, photographers. And they won and they were great, but it'd be nice to finally win that. It's, uh, last year we thought I came close to it, which I did. Is I, it a fan vote or is it a... It's uh, based it's on a, the association, it's based on the drivers, it's based on everyone. So you got to just hope you treat people well. Fantastic. So you you kind of just, you can go around and take as many pictures and video of as many yeah. people as you can, interview as many people as you can? Oh, for sure. And it's... What are the what are some of the events you're going to this year? Is it like a big circuit you're doing? Or? Yeah. So on the WPCA, we have, they go to those shows and they start in less than a month in GP. Um, mm-hmm. I start at the Pinocchio Stampede. So that's when people go and we just start seeing me. And so I do the Pinocchio Stampede for six days. 
Um, then I go off to the Cali Stampede, the greatest outdoor show on earth. The longest 10 days of my life. Every year, it's such a long 10 days. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm a volunteer barhand for Mr. Benzmillo. Yeah. So I start at 8 a.m. and I don't leave till about 12 p.m. at midnight. <laughs> it's a long day, it's a lot of work, in, but it's worth it at the end of you with it. Yeah. And I've been on the winning side for the last five years. <coughs> and then, um, yeah, we got some other projects um, on the go too. We'll be doing the Red Viper season. Mm-hmm. And we got some other things that I had to stay quiet for now, but mm-hmm. it's Absolutely. a funny, uh, got a lot of work ahead of us, and yeah. I can't wait for what's going to happen next. Obviously, I mean, I think you've accomplished a lot, yeah. um, and, and I guess to go a little bit more into it, like, uh, what, are, what are some of your, uh, your the things you're most uh, proud of that you've accomplished so far uh, with what you've been doing? Um, with all what I've been doing, like I'm a baseball umpire, level three, for, and I've been doing that since I was about 13. That's kind of like really when I started making money. Yeah. And then, um, I have no idea on Like, you don't have to get too personal, yeah. but like on average, like I, I don't know how, how it works, but like, what, what, what does an umpire make? Like, I know like MLB players are some of the highest be- <laughs> played, yeah. so, paid players in all of I sport. Never, but. There's only been one major league umpire that came from Canada. Right. And from Ontario, so I got that's take you gotta be really committed to make the major leagues. You're right. Uh, but for me, um, start I just started out in the Weddemar system, and <laughs> it's funny, I was trained by Wayne Knight, I legitimately learned, and I cannot lie about this from a video game. I legitimately learned what a strike zone is, I legitimately learned what outro yeah. and saves from video game, yeah, from the. MLB, MLB the show yeah like mm. I never played baseball <laughs> no me either but yeah you know you do learn a bit because you know you learn where the strike zone is you know yeah what to look for but <laughs> and uh, holy cow my first couple of years were definitely rough um and then I decided um a couple of years ago to leave them with the minor system and the parents were getting a little bit too much so I decided to join with yeah. the Twilight Baseball and that was one of the best decisions possibly I've made uh financially as well they pay a lot more than mine. <laughs> uh, the guys yeah. are a lot easier to work with, and I was been I'm working with people who don't know the league World Series to got to the one guy who did MLB baseball. It's yeah. pretty cool to see the difference, and we have one guy in our league who plays on the team. Yeah. I never get scared for people throwing baseballs. One guy I get, let's just say um, I get a little tight, and I don't want the catcher moves. Yeah. I'm jumping the other way. And I do not want to get hit by this guy. This guy, we we tried it a couple times. He still throws 94 miles per hour. <laughs> That's a little scary when yeah, you're no holding. Kidding. And when Dude. you only really got protection for yeah. your chest. You're, yeah, you only got chest protection as an umpire, right? Chest Is and legs. Okay. And it's, you are hoping to go that ball just not hit you. I mean, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not really necessarily like you're not having to slide or anything, but yeah. nece- you have to be right in the middle of the action to oh, see right. if somebody's safe, right? So. Oh yeah, and that's if you're behind the plate. And right. then if you're on basis, you better, you better not get hit by the ball. I think gets hit by that. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, umpire interference. Have five you yards. have you ever had uh, like have you ever had to like uh, someone? Well. Not necessarily, but I was just wondering, have you ever had to officiate in, like, a really bad weather situation, like, in the middle of a lightning storm or anything, or... So, if a lot of people remember this, 
and we had to wear the windstorm about two, three years ago. Yeah, the, and the tornado, I was supposed, right? So we did the, we started the game, and it was game bad. Like I usually keep my head white, like a little bit up so I can see everything. I was pushing that thing way down. Yeah. And the sand was still getting underneath, and there was made this much room, a little bit of room. Well, we we started the game for about 10 minutes. Well, if I check my phone, my mom's figuring out this. I'm at baseball, she's at home, my dad's in Houston, and my sister moved out, so. Yeah, and everybody's only, all over the place. Nobody and, knows where each other is. Well, and we finally had people from Great Chief Park saying, game's canceled. And we walk out, and Great Chief Park trees are beautiful. It's just people down there. Yeah. Three trees were broken one in our pathway. Yeah. And I'm like, holy cow, this was a bad one. Yeah. That was probably one of the worst ones. I did a lightning storm once. Yeah. I was drenched from head to toe, and did not like doing that. But it was it's such a great learning experience, and that was a dope. <laughs> so yeah, we're on Nick Tini's farm. Yeah. And we're, I'm, we're on my farm here. We got lots of animals. We're just hanging out. <coughs> Uh, I learned that Christian doesn't like cats, but that's okay. Um, yeah, the one animal I did not like. No, that's okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, for anybody who uh, is thinking about starting their own business or, or getting into videography or just as a, as a fan of sports, uh, you know, is there anything like, what would you say to anybody who's looking at maybe starting a business or, uh, you know, like... Just starting out. I mean, I know like, is it just a matter of of going out there and and uh, buying a camera or talking to people and, and seeing what you can what you can get involved in or? Great question, Nick, and one I haven't been asked that often. For starting a business, legitly, there is a chance to pay for me yeah. when I started. Yeah. But as it going older and older, and it's a lot of like like the best way is. It's like try and get a girl, right? Try and get a girlfriend or try and get a girl, you know, to make a kiss you. It's yeah. trying and ill. Yeah, that's And absolutely. that's the best way I could describe it is you think you're doing right and someone has a suggestion, be open to those suggestions. Right. Man, um, my one my, my favorite trick running driver of all time, Buddy Benzmiller. Yeah. When I first started taping, if I did not have a driver in a shorter heat, I wouldn't, if I had no drivers in a heat, I wouldn't tape the races. Yeah. I watch. Why would I? And you and your grandpa used to wa- used to watch Chuck Lagan races, right? Is that how oh, yeah, you that's initially how was, started watching him? Well, he's a bond hand for okay. co-bands around the same right. time, like me. That's how our love for the sport really become. Right. But when I started taping and um, him watching, and we're going off topic from starting business. Yeah. My mm-hmm. camera has a projector on it, so after I was done with my three drivers at the time, me and him would watch the races right. all night. And then when we picked up more drivers and more drivers, You'll wait till I was done and watch the races with me. And I always say there's Tuckering Racing's family. Yeah. And to have my family, like my grandpa, my dad, my whole family, my grandma's a huge part of our team too. It means the absolute world to me. I'm, I feel like I'm still the luckiest man alive um, to have the family and the support I do. And my grandpa is, like, he is the main reason why I did it for so long. And... He's getting out there with age. He's only 63. I know I'm saying that he's old, but um, he's still pretty young. And yeah. To have that, I guess, connection yeah, is once in a lifetime. And it's very lucky and very honored that he is my biggest fan. And, and nothing will ever change. Like, um, 
the guys chugging in and out, in and out. He knows the sport way better than I do, and yeah. I know the sport very well now. And it's just funny because we pick up on each other. We know each other too well. And for the ten days of Cali Stampede, he he lives in Calgary. I stay at yeah. his place. It's probably my favorite ten days of each year too. And I guess it's the longest and toughest ten days. <laughs> eat, eat some greasy food though, right? Like that that oh, that, that we midway have to go, food. <laughs> we don't get to eat the midway food. It's the worst thing. Uh. We. Legitly have keg style food oh. 10 days a night. Oh, that's so awesome. So you get tired of the keg. Oh, like, who yeah. ever had to say who gets tired of keg? Yeah. Well, for no. me, I actually do. And, um, but the people, like, you can't forget about the people and where yeah. you're from. And I think the biggest you don't realize will help people will actually want to help you and stuff. And so, like, you, Nick, or um, Kayla, or Morgan, or Hannah, it's it's really you it's really eye opener that you are doing something right you are treating yeah. people right and going back to how to start business you gotta let people in your circle yeah you, don't make your circle too big when you're trying to get six seven opinions on the same page because that's not going to happen yeah Where you have two to three or you you get people who understand it it's the biggest help yeah it's it's weird to say but weirdly enough like I, i'm only uh I'm I'm fairly new to it too, and uh, you know, trying to start my own business as well. You know, with web design and things like that. But uh, I would say for me too, like the biggest thing, and I don't know if you agree, is like, is uh, <laughs> the best way to make money is almost just just to like volunteer and like meet people, and that's the biggest thing for me. Is in the in the last, I think the last year or maybe year and a half I think the amount of opportunities I've gotten from just meeting people and uh, and doing volunteer work and them seeing what I can do uh, like opening up others to the skills that you have is, is a lot of uh, oppor- you know creates a lot of opportunity oh for sure but and you don't realize that everyone needs help one time yeah. you think you do it and I was a stubborn 14 year old 15 year old it wasn't until really, um, I never will forget it was, there was a big wreck in a big race in the CPCA, the Association I'm not with. Um, that's, we got two associations in Chuck Wayne's, the WPCA and the CPCA, uh, that make the Cali mm-hmm. Stampede. And there was a big wreck in the biggest race of the year. Mm-hmm. And I like how my idol buddy says, well, you had no drivers in that, you didn't tape it. That would have been a huge loss for you. Yeah. And it's funny how you just listen to that. And it's like, okay, I'm changing everything up. So then previous, next year, I started taping all nine races. Even if I didn't have a drive in, say it was, there was a wreck or something, and everyone wants to watch it. That changed a lot. And so you really people, understand- people want to watch that, though? Or, uh, that's- people, uh, anyone in check Ch- Ch- business wants to watch because it's, for us, it's still action. It still yeah. gets... Yeah. And everyone wants to know because they didn't see what happened. Yeah. And yeah. so everyone... Like um, weirdly enough, is it? It's kind of like NASCAR, where yeah. people, you know, it's kind of boring watching a car do about ninety laps. Mm-hmm. But if that car on lap ninety one loses control and goes into flames, people want to tune in. Oh, for sure, and it's that's the weirdest thing about Chuck Racing. But um, funny thing is, you go look at the stance I say, um, Pinocchio Stampede. Yeah. You may get half fail for the rodeo. Yeah. You go to the Chuck Racing performance. Even there's no concert, it's just the wagons. Mm-hmm. You ain't finally see that door. Um, he two of the pony trucks. Yeah. 
you go you go uh they go they go pretty quick for sure oh yeah and uh like you were saying you know you had you had some injuries playing sports and yeah. stuff like that but like uh are, have you have you uh done any like chuck wagon racing or have you been in a chuck wagon like and, <laughs> and like been yeah in in a wagon when they're racing like that fast um, or not in a real race um, that's yeah. obviously not allowed yeah but i have done a morning practice one and yeah it's a thrill of a lifetime and the speed you get is 70 to 60 kilometers an hour and that's just like straight power from the horses and you feel it and i've driven a couple times with different wagon drivers and it's so amazing they don't they don't really have a lot of traction on the wheels do they (laughs) no 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 uh we here's a little secret to about wagon racing people uh we'll take the wheels off before every race and grease them up right. so the mud cannot stick on. Oh, it's that's just, great. That's yeah, I didn't it helps no us idea. with the speed. So that's what we do in Desert Racing. I can't say for every single other wagon team. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I mean, you know, like you were talking earlier, you know, having the injuries with sports and stuff, but it is inspiring seeing you doing your chuck wagon racing and seeing, uh, seeing you as an umpire in mm-hmm. baseball. You know what I mean, like. And we're forgetting uh, about two other jobs, I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, like I, we can go a little bit about it into that if you want to. You yeah, don't let's have to um, go... talk about that. So I so you... work at a tile shop. I'm also going to keep everything kind of yeah. secret because mm-hmm. I'm so new and I like my paychecks. <laughs> so um, I'm, uh, I'm at a tile shop and oh my God, um, you know what? I, I'm the only um, non-Asian um, person and that's totally fine. I love working with Asians. <laughs> But do you guys know what's like getting hit on by a gay guy? And not, nothing against gay guys or anything. But I called my girlfriend up then after my coworker started hitting on me, I could finally tell. Yeah. So I said, hey babe. Yes. <laughs> I have a gay guy hitting me at work. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and so I finally said, you got a competition. Because guess what? I can go to the other side. Yeah, this is, this is pretty tough competition, I guess, like, eh? The only thing she can say back, I can't say it on the air, but you'd be like, oh, baby, mm-hmm. you ruined the joke. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend's, I gotta give her a shout I can't really say her name. She doesn't want us, I uh, want to let people know we just started dating, but um, great girl, uh, great support I get from home, and just a great person in general. Yeah. She treats me so well. I only hope I can treat her as well as I can, and uh, see, we'll be coming out to Pinocchio and Calia, so people, me or they'll please make me look good in front of her. That'd be awesome, thanks. That's why I love it. There's like, you know, my girlfriend as well, like, I, you know, try not to make too much, you know, fun of her, but, you know, we have a relationship, and so sometimes jokes about our relationship and things like that come up, and she's very, uh, you know, very supportive and things like that. You know, one of the jokes I usually tell that gets quite a reaction is that uh you know my girlfriend and i love to wrestle in bed but then they hate it when i hit her with a chair and uh you know like so i'm not necessarily making fun of her or our relationship that's kind of you know that doesn't actually happen you know they are probably uh, our biggest support systems but the party uh they'll give us comments about our business or about probably the podcast for you to yeah uh, (laughs) to how to tweak it and say Okay, when did you become mm. my advisor? Yeah. They all do out of love and it's very supportive. That's, I gotta yeah. say, um, my other job is at a grocery store. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I, I, wanted to, <laughs> I told you about that earlier yeah. when we were, we were talking about coming on the podcast. I wanted to ask, you know, what's your, what's your craziest story from working at the grocery store? So this happened this year. Um, and oh my...
Yeah. So I get a phone call from our security person, and she's like, get ready for code 99. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Here we go again. And we've had a couple of these before, but they're only usually not that bad. So I see my big boss. Yeah. I see her big boss, and I see her. Yeah. Oh, this is big. So we're watching. I don't know who we're looking for. So I get told from my boss, stay near the front. Yeah. So I had a big, ah! And yeah. it's a big, it's a woman screaming. It's our three guys. So she's always been stealing from our other stores. Yeah. So we race to the front. Well, the girl knocks me down, and I hate to make, but she knocked me down because I wasn't ready. Yeah. And she ran out to the back door. So I ran out to the back door. And her accomplice is still in our store. So remember, there was someone still in our store that's helping her. Now we yeah. have the police there. We have RCMP. We have got everyone there. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's go time, baby. Mm-hmm. And so I get out to the back. And she has, she's a slow one. So I start catching up to her. I hear that one police. Chris, stand down, stand down, stand mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. And you think I don't. Mm-hmm. And I start to wear the laser on me. Like, stay right down. Yeah. I went straight down to the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, we have, and so... I went back to our store, trying, and we have people asking us what's going on. I'm just saying I could not talk at this moment. Yeah. I see the accomplice. Well, this guy was probably the biggest idiot of the, the two. Yeah. He just stayed in the store and tries looking like he was shopping. And so it, it's funny how um, working at those stores, they really do treat you um, as life lessons, and you will with all kinds of people, and they're great to work for, and um, we do like the paycheck, so... Um, Please yeah, don't fire me. Absolutely, yeah. Like uh, it's one of those things for you know when you're when you're even if you are starting your own business, it's you gotta not only for you to get some income to get your business going, but you know to to work for somebody else initially is always a good thing. Just so you you know you learn from a lot of other people, and uh, I think that makes you better in the long run. So, well, Christian, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Uh, it was great talking to you, and I'm sure we will uh, connect pretty soon. Uh, you know, Nick, can I stop you for a second? Absolutely. Uh, Nick Keelan, guys, if you really haven't heard of him, and obviously I'm going to sell this on mine, and he's selling it on you guys, you're not one, if you get to become friends with him, you're one of the luckiest people in the world. Two is he's an outstanding comedian, and he's got so many episodes going. Go to Facebook, go to Nick Keelan Comedy. Go see what he's got. He's fantastic. Um, I'll be taping a couple of his upcoming shows, hopefully, depending on our schedules. Yeah. And um, all yeah. the best, Nick. You Thank you very much. You're welcome. You said you got uh, Instagram. You know, you, you yeah. have Facebook, Twitter, yeah. anything like that. They uh, want to share. We have or? Facebook. Um, that's the biggest one to get our name out there. Yeah. And um, I guess one other quick question I yeah. want to ask. You know, uh, you. Your your poster is uh, Christian Hammer Burton, but I don't know the story behind your <laughs> nickname there. Do you want to get... So, do you oh. want to hear the truth or do you want to hear a lie? <laughs> oh, that's up to you. <laughs> well, we try to lie quick, and I always say it's a lie because it's, it has happened recently, but um, the lie is um, I go to chicken to ask why, why they call me Hammer. The yeah. truth is, it's from playing hockey. Yeah. Oh. My dad was my coach my very first year. And I never played Dynamite, which is the very first level of minor hockey. Yeah. I, went, I played Novice, Mr. You. Well, holy cow, I did not know how to skate, did not know how to stop. So I hammered into the boards. Yeah. He's like, you look like Dave mm. the Hammer Swords. Mm. So that's how Hammer got started in hockey. In wagons, Buddy Benz Miller, my idol for chuckling racing, had a host named Hammer. Yeah. And the host was acting up, and he says, Hammer, stop, Hammer, stop, Hammer, stop. And I look at him, what? Mm. He's seven years old. My first time, always screwing up. Nicknames I have, like, uh-huh. nickname is, and that's how I was stuck everywhere. And 
It's funny how when people think when people find out my real name is Christian, those faces are more priceless mm-hmm. than anything. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Well, there you for go. Listening. Thanks for joining us, and uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll uh, catch you again soon. I mean, we'll uh, probably catch you guys um, at the hopefully Punanoka and yeah. going to Calgary. We'll put some links into your for your social media stuff, and yeah. uh, thanks for joining me. And I uh, hope we all we'll uh, catch up again soon. Oh, for sure, bud. Take care.